This is Jaden. This is Caleb. And this is Daxton. We're three mentally ill people who like to throw cars at walls. Welcome to Clueless Drifting. Hey, everybody. Back at it again. Wait. With the white vans. No. Why not? No. No white vans. You get dirty when you're in the shop. <laughs> that's true. Purple. That's true. Hi, guys. Purple fans. But yeah, we're Welcome back. Daxon wants to talk about some electric vehicles today. A little bit. I mean, more more the more the idea of where do we see drifting in five years? And I is s- there going to be more EVs in the market? Or is it just going to be that once in a while random guy that pops out with a Tesla like, hey, I, let's slide it. Have you seen the videos of like the Model 3s that people have been sliding around? Yes, but it's weird. It is weird. It's, it's strange. Why? Um, Jinx. Is there no, there's not an electric FD car yet, is there? Yeah, uh, well, not I wouldn't say of. FD car, no, but there's is not. there an electric FD? But I'm car. asking, is there an electric FD car? I don't car? think no, so. How not. long before there is? Because I feel like it honestly makes well, a lot the, of sense. Well, the Mustang Mach E that uh, Vaughn was drifting, or was it Ken or Vaughn that was drifting the Mustang Mach E that was like the 1400 horsepower I version? Uh, I would, I think, I think it was, it was Ken. Ken. No, because no, Ken doesn't Vaughn. drive Ford stuff anymore. This was a while ago, though. This was the when they were bringing out the Mach-E. I don't Yeah, remember. no, I think it was Vaughn. Vaughn I'm pretty sure getting, it was Vaughn. He's getting But it. anyway, I'm wondering, because, you know, theoretically, an electric drift car does make a lot of sense. Torque but instantly. I, I'm know, talking very also... Very short runs. I'm, I'm talking also, like, with how with the EPA crackdowns that are happening and yeah. where they're saying if a, if a motor came with a VIN number on it or if a, anything is VIN numbered, it can't be transformed into a, a like a, a track car or a race car, is what they're trying to. That's their well, new. Yeah. That's their new enforcement. A kit car. And that's what I'm getting at. Is are we going to see more EVs or are we going to see more kit cars? Because realistically, what what's I, more viable? Honestly, my guess building is your that own car stuff in the next five years really isn't going to change that much. I really don't think. Okay, so push it out twenty. 70. I don't even no, 70 years. I don't even want to think about what's going to happen in 20 years. Why? Cuz well that's what we're like here to do. Of the next five you years. could we could all be dead for all you know. That would be great. <laughs> wow, what a great <laughs> outlook wow. on that that is. I'm sorry, that was a, that's a bad joke. Real optimistic here today, I, boys. I apologize, terrible joke. <laughs> Life is valuable. But um, llamas lives are valuable. <laughs> Llama thrust. So <laughs> I don't know. I mean, five years, you're right. Stuff could change, but my my guess would be, within the next five years, I think a lot. You're still going to see a lot of the same chassis. You might be seeing more different chassis pushed in as other ones are becoming well, harder. And to that's work. and that's what I wonder because like we're already starting to see the dwindle of these Japanese classics. Yeah, like they're going out. Yeah, never, well, again, it's never. Just they're classics. Yeah, they're, they're aging. They're like, exactly. Yeah. I, think so it, the, I think it is possible you could start seeing electric vehicles vehicles because of that. But the hardest part is still price point. Because I don't think you'll see them until they become a As price point place. where someone can sure. spend. Well, you know, what about a what dollars. about an EV swap? Well, 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 just like the they're still expensive. The swap that so like the S That's chassis. That's in comparison to what though? The so the S chassis Anything? was n- not really bought and drifted like bought new, like off the lot and then turned into a drift car. They had to age and become cheap before they were turned into a drift car. What drift are you car. talking about? He's talking about the fundamentals of economics. Nobody's going to buy a brand new car off the lot, chop it up, guys, to go slam guys, it into a wall. Yeah. Hold on. You guys know people. that's where people. drifting came from, right? Like the Togue turned into drifting. That was because Japan, the Japanese market at that time, like 80s, yeah, that was so strong. Their dollar was worth so much, and they're, they're, everybody had been saving from after yeah. World War II. The parents were literally buying their kids brand spanking new 240s, 300ZXs, uh, I'm, I'm and that's where drifting came from. Sorry, I'm talking Mar- America. No one here in America, like, and especially in our economic situation, has the money to go buy a brand new car to drift. Yeah, sorry, I'm I'm thinking like um. We agree that is where it came like from. Like mid 2000s and since then. Okay. Just uh, just because that's clarifications. All I yeah, was after. Yeah, sorry. Um, because I, I think <laughs> we're that we're talking about the next five years, <laughs> not the last 40. I, I, Wait, I thought we were talking about the next 20. Yeah. Because <laughs> I think that those historical trends are going to more accurately describe our future than Japanese trends in the eighties and nineties. If that makes sense. You lost me. So I think the trends of American drift cars from late two thousands to present more will more accurately, um, like represent or show itself in our future than 80s Japanese trends will. Please don't ever listen or take any of our economics um, talking for 
serious. For serious. Don't take him for serious. <laughs> I was just making a serious point. <laughs> I think somebody needs to go take a nap. Kay. Did you still not But follow? also. It's but also. Time. No, I, I get what you're saying. Uh, okay. So, I, I, don't, I don't know how much you guys have been paying attention to the, the Clutch Kickers series events and, like, the, the $50,000 shootout they just had. I can't remember not the name of the event. Close I've me. been off of YouTube so, for the past, like, six months to a year. Do you guys realize we talk about pop culture on a podcast about drifting, right? You guys got to keep up with it a little I, bit. I, but I'm, I, I, I just build them. I don't watch other people build them. <laughs> Fair <laughs> I don't, enough. I don't even watch FD or but, anything like that. Okay, do you guys know? Do you guys FD. know the Lincoln car? The like not not the Lincoln Continental. We're the talking town car? like the mid two thousands. The Lincoln MKZ or MKX. Oh yeah, yeah. One of those has been now turned into a drift car, I've seen and a it few actually of those. does pretty well, good. There, so there are four valve. Um, dual overhead cam four six, which is actually a pretty good performance. The ones engine. I've been seeing are actually swapped to an LS. Do they have really? a um, so a shared platform with a popular performance? Uh, they're n- they're similar to the Fox. That's not the same, but they have IRS with an eight eight. Okay. And so they already have a really tough rear suspension. The front the, suspension. The is Lincoln decent. what? Mark eight. Oh. He said Z or X. No, it's a Mark 8. I know the Mark 8. Well, it's like an MK. They don't put MK8 on it's the back MKV3. of it. It's MKV3, yeah. Okay. Yeah. I, I, I thought you were saying the Mark 10 or the but Mark, it's a Mark Z or whatever. Yeah, no, it's a Mark 8. But they're super cool. I've actually used them. So speaking of Lincolns, you know, like Continental, when I worked at a hot rod shop before, we actually bought um, a Lincoln Mark 8 and basically transplanted all that stuff into a Continental subframe. They come with a 4.6 Intech V8, <laughs> but it's is that it's just a Intec fancier is. version if of the I remember, freaking four you know, That's like the same Cobra. That's like the that's like the Cobra V8. It's a four is valve it? four six. Yeah, is that one prone to shooting spark plugs out? No. Okay. The the Intech engine? I believe so, because it, it's it's the same. The four valve DOHC version yeah. of the modular engine was first introduced into the Lincoln Mark Four. Or Mark Hold on, 8. dual overhead cam, so it's a quad yeah. cam motor. Yeah. 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 I said that. Hmm. Yeah, like I said, he just didn't catch it. But I, and it might be the same. Trying to I don't tone think you it's out. The same as the Terminator ones. <laughs> Rude. But um, yeah, okay, it's, so it's, it's a Cobra all, engine. Okay. All four valve engines featured aluminum engine blocks with six bolt main bearing caps. The only exception was the 2003 to 2004 SVT Cobra, which, which had a four bolt main cast iron block. Which is the Terminator, I believe. That's the Terminator motor. I believe so. Okay. Wait, no, it's an SVT Cobra. They called him the Terminator. That was oh. their nickname. Um, Why did they call them that? I thought they were they actually were, called Because they were like stout. Like you could put some pulleys on the supercharger and make like 700 horsepower, oh. you know. So, But yeah, they, they put them in the Lincoln Mark 8, the Thunderbird, the Continental, the Lincoln Aviator, Marauder. So yeah. I wasn't looking to get hung up on this stupid Lincoln. I was but just But it's saying. cool to see the chassis. Yeah, and that's and, and that's uh, what I'm getting at. Is like uh, what other what, – See – Are we going to see a lot more – like in your guys' opinion – are we going to see a lot more people converting automatic rear-wheel drive cars to a manual yeah. like the Lincolns? Yeah. Or do you think it will kind of so start to venture into just... Just on my These FMC, things are kind of ugly. Yeah. Not just with wide on body on them. FMC Drift page, which is like Ford Motor Company. My phone's over there. Um, there <laughs> on my Ford Drift page, it, it spans all of things, not just you Mustangs. You can go to social media, too, if you need. And it's cool because you're starting to see... Like Thunderbirds, you're starting to see the Lincolns. I'm I'm seeing town cars. I do, do kind of want to build one of those Thunder car or th- Thunder cars, Thunderbirds that we were looking at in the junkyard. Which generation is that? It's like late nineties. Yeah, think. no, they look cool too, and they're lowered and like drift them. They but definitely need mods to look cool, but they have potential. But people are starting to drift those, and I honestly think we're gonna see an uptick in American cars, like even more, because Camaros. Camaros. I don't know how conducive their chassis is to. See, most vehicles aren't until they get a ton of aftermarket support because they're cheap and. Oh, this is not the eight. Is not what I'm thinking of at all. Okay. That mark. That mark eight is not the car I've been seeing. (laughs) That thing is horrible. Okay, maybe it's a maybe it's. (laughs) But people do drift them. Maybe it's a mark a mark. Five? Maybe you're thinking of like a Thunderbird. I have no idea what you're well, thinking. Well, what about. generation was this Mark Eight? Because it, it, it the it's like the two thousands. But they are actually a great chassis, even though they're a little ugly. No, it was the late late nineties. Because I was looking at it and it said the facelift happened in ninety seven and ninety eight. Oh, I found a video of a Lincoln Mark Eight drifting. But I'm trying to find it. Back off. <laughs> no. You leave me alone with your phone. Okay, it's my to, phone. I now. wasn't trying to rush you. Let's go. Oh, what? I Wait. See, so, you're you're saying you saw someone build one of those decks? Yes, it is currently. Is this slightly. what you were this talking Lincoln, about? Daxon? This is a Lincoln Mark Eight. Show it to me. 
looks Put it in my face. I like that it. looks better blacked out and slammed. <clears throat> in the video, we see a black yeah, car. I know. Sorry. It's hard for us. Yeah. It's no, that, no look, that's not it's what cool, I'm talking about. It's not cool. You don't think that's cool? No. Dax, Dax is saying it's not cool because he's jealous he can't have one. No, I don't. I wouldn't even want one. I don't one. really like the lines on that. that it looks like, like a flat. It looks like an S chassis. No, it looks like a flattened. <laughs> it's uh, like if you took the fly, like an actual fly, and turned it into a car. It's <laughs> I that. I don't know about that. Like but the insect, the fly? Yeah. Are you you're thinking of the Mark 7? Without the wings, it's I'll just I'll bet you're thinking of the Mark 7, Dax. It looks kind of like a fox almost. No. What are you thinking of? <laughs> you're going the complete wrong direction. Oh, I don't know what other link okay, you're talking look about. Okay, look up a Mark Z. Or no, it's a Mark uh, 5. Look, I don't even like you're you You're not guys thinking anymore. about the Lincoln Continental boat? It's not a I Continental boat. See, this those. is a... Look, Mark 7 right there. Yeah, I know. See? Mark 7. Okay. My, my dad used to like, race one of those in high go school. Go like Mark 10. I don't know. I lost your... Oh, hold on. You've got a phone in your hand, Dax. I'm you trying to figure it out. <laughs> Let's see. Is this the Lincoln you're thinking of right there? I don't. Yes. Okay. Which is a. What is it? Three. I don't <laughs> even. Uh, I think it's a Lincoln LS. Is it the LS? Yeah. Is that why you're getting confused with LS swaps because it's called? No, an LS? no. There was literally one that has been uh, LS swapped in you, a video that I just watched. Do you just um? There, just, there we go. Look, pull, pull a Chevy LS out of the junkyard and drive it. There we go. No chassis, nothing. There, let me put my glasses. What See, is this? That's a bad looking car. All right, whoever, bad uh, anybody listening, look up. What is it? A Lincoln, a Lincoln LS. Oh, that's pretty cool. See, but it looks like a BMW. Oh, it, 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 I, it definitely has a BMW styling. No, it, it's a BMW. No, it's not. Yeah, it is. It, it almost looks. Toyota Crown like you me. give me that phone back before we fight in the street. That's, that's kind of a BMW. Like, that's kind of sexy. Doesn't it look like a JZX? I have kind of? never seen one of those before in my life, though. So they're, I'm sure they're not they're easy not very, to get your hands not very on. Common. I was gonna say I've seen quite a few of them. What? Yeah. Where? Just driving around. Just town. Sitting in your backyard. In his grandpa's yard. Yeah. Probably next to the Watusis. All right, <laughs> Jackson. Uh, go to either KSL Wait, or Facebook Marketplace and see if you can Look, find any doesn't of those for it sale. Re- doesn't it remind you of a like a JZX? Yeah, it definitely it definitely has some uh JZX vibes, mm. some chasers. Uh Please. take me to your Facebook. I don't feel like snooping around your no, phone. It's okay. <laughs> you just 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 search. <laughs> I, see, I feel like you, you we are going to see a lot more American cars cuz like I said, I'm starting to see people do angle kits like for Crown Vicks, which is new. And if you think about it, the amount of Crown Vicks there are in the, like like there are Tons of Crown Vicks. I but wouldn't be ugly. opposed. No, but they're not. They're better looking than that first one you guys showed me. Really? I, th- I think I'd rather have the Mark 8. Yeah. You. But, Holy crap. But I would love to see a Crown Okay, this Vic is the problem. With People are starting to do it because, you know, if you think about it, they're still pretty cheap. They're everywhere. Parts are easy. Yeah, I pull up Marketplace, and so, that's the first thing I see. So this is a problem. I need to stay off Marketplace. <laughs> <laughs> it was a $15,000 custom UTV. But it's sick. There's a okay. You know, so for... Crown Vicks. I mean, I think maybe Camaros, maybe Challengers or Chargers. I haven't really seen. There was a wasn't there a Charger? No, it was a Challenger that was out at one of the FM the Utah drift events. Look at this year, right here. Okay, you ready for this? I look up Lincoln LS. There's one, two, a three. There's a double pair. How much are they? A thousand dollars, seventeen hundred, three thousand, fifteen hundred. Um, My question is, what is a little bit twenty five hundred chassis like though? Like I have no idea. What I they mean, they were uh, they they look to me like a just like a bigger a VIP style car. Yeah, but I'm like, do they have? I wouldn't be surprised if they have an eight eight. You know, wow, there are definitely more of these than I thought. But it's like, it. do they have an eight eight? A thousand dollars. What's the first? There's a thousand dollar one right there. I said thousand dollars. So oh, sorry, that's the hard part. Is I'm just like, what's the chassis like though? For but that's the thing is, as this community expands and as there's yeah, more right. drivers, there's going to be more cars so sought after that are like that. Like I, there's going to be more parts yeah, made I, for them. I genuinely think we're going to see a lot more American cars, and I think you're going to see mostly probably Fords because I think there are more Ford rear wheel drive platforms that Wait, are available. Wait, Dax, did any of those come with a manual though? No. I'm not sure. I have not no, dug they into didn't. that. No. They didn't. I doubt no. it. I would just, assume with the Lincoln brand, that it's like Lexus. You they don't only, come the with a manual. The old Thunderbirds, you could get with a manual, but that's about it. Okay. Okay, wait. So Thunderbirds are actually Lincoln an up-and-coming chassis, too. Let's see what Wikipedia has on information. Nah, I don't believe Wikipedia for a second. <laughs> so uh, <laughs> the only place they, I get information. information. They came with um, Jaguar engines. A Jaguar? 
two different Jaguar engines. I bet it's the same basic one that's and in the Thunderbird. A, so we they have. have they have um, the Jag Jaguar AJ, which is a Ford Duratech V6, three liter, and that's they some also and they also come with a three point nine liter Jaguar AJ V8. That's what's in the Thunderbird that we have. A three point nine liter V8. You don't want but, it. Yeah, you don't but want V8. 2002 to or 2000 to 2002, they came with a Get Rag 2021 five-speed manual. Really? Yeah. Interesting. And then during those years, they came with the 5R55N automatic, and then for the rest of the years, they only came with the automatic. There's just the hard part is just the. But again, to know to know that they, they came had with a Get Rag. To oh, know that they had a manual option, that's that I mean, there are probably not very many of them yeah. out there. See, I but. I think the old Thunderbirds, like the late 90s, are a great chassis because they have an 8.8 IRS rear suspension. You could get them with the supercharged 3.8 from the factory. It does seem like they have pretty similar parts of the Mustang, too. Yeah, well, the nice part is basically the same car. They had three great engine options with manuals. You could do the 2.3 turbo. You could do the supercharged 3.8. Or you could do the 4.6 V8, which I'm not as big a fan of, but it's a But solid. how many, like that Lincoln with the manual option, yeah. how many of those are they there actually thousands on the road? Of them, yeah, right? I think they made more probably than But those. what's your price of point the, on Of that? the Lincoln LS? No, I, I wouldn't be surprised yet if they made more Thunderbirds than oh, that. Oh, yeah. But at the end of the day, does it really matter if you're going to swap it out anyway? But that's the thing is we're trying to find something that's just, not, just that doesn't need. Just like, numbers. quote, drift ready. God, well, yeah. that, but yes not. Yes no. The manual too, but I think it's just saying production numbers in general. Plus, for look, like vehicle availability, at, it looks good. I think the Thunderbird, that doesn't look terrible. It almost yeah. looks S chassis esque. Daxton mm, likes it, but he's a sad, he's afraid. See, he's afraid think? that he likes it. It doesn't look bad, right? <laughs> yeah. I am scared. It reminds me of like a Fox body with some sort of Sylvia front end. Yeah. So what? you know what? I would, I would. You guys buy, need to get your eyes checked. Okay, there's guys who drift them. If I was you guys, I'd look for a well, super coupe. I don't see it. it. The front end kind of reminds me of like a... a Just because it a, has long and low headlights? Uh, Yeah, like a, a, a Zenki it looks, front end. It looks, you know, S chassis like the headlights. I see no resemblance. Oh. But all I'm saying, it, I would look okay, for it a has super very similar. It has very similar front end vibes to the I, pre-facelift uh, SN95 Mustang. I would say... Like, what is it, 94 most, to 97? Yeah. I would say most early 2000s, late 90s cars... Yeah. Had a front end like that. They had the same headlights, similar and, stuff. Like and that was the everyone trend. into JDM goes crazy over front ends like that. I I really do think that that's a really good chassis. And people are starting to drift those more. Like I said, you know, you can get the supercharged factory V6 that I like, and you can just do a pulley swap, and you can make decent power on them because they had an M90 uh, Eaton supercharger. But or you could get, do the V8, or if you go for the older ones, you can get two, three turbo, and they're all solid engine choices. So the um, Production numbers or sales numbers from the Lincoln LS, ninety nine they made or they sold twenty six thousand, two thousand they sold fifty one thousand, two thousand one uh, thirty f- or forty thousand, forty thousand, thirty three, twenty seven, nineteen, and then eight. Um, so that means the um, there's eight total, just eight cars. <laughs> Eight, eight thousand. <laughs> yeah, yeah. um, and then they the, only uh, sold eight this year. Eight, We're calling eight, eight them vehicles. out. We're done. Um, there's, a, there's a few Thunderbirds here on Facebook. So I mean, that's like that's what. Well, so Caleb, is, see if you can pull up the production numbers of like a Thunderbird. Is that is that in the hundreds of thousands then? Because it has the forty forty thousand and like you're you're probably two hundred to two hundred fifty thousand. Yeah, in yeah production. I'd say probably around there. Yeah, total. So I mean that's that's a decent run. It's not anything crazy, but because of that, they're they're not super sought after. Well, and that means that there's a little over a hundred thousand of um, the years that came with manuals. I don't know how many manuals. So about made. half of them. I just found the total number of Thunderbirds yeah. from when they first started. From so apparently from 1955 to 2005, there was 4.4 million Thunderbirds. Yeah, because oh. it's, it's from the f- every generation ever. I'm trying to sorry, I'm trying to find just that generation. But the other the nice part is the generation. Can we get away from Fords? Nobody no. likes Fords. Ah, <laughs> well, here's the, the great part. Dax, you don't want an S550, right? No. Sure. The, the like <laughs> his. No, S550. S550. That's the new ones. Oh, yeah. Everybody wants one of those. Von they Gittens? finally redid the suspension on them after 1970. I know. It's true. So, what's, what's, so what's wrong with, with Fords? Old Fords. Hey, no, suck. S550. The, I'm just saying, though, as far as like. We're talking about price go, point here, and an S550 is not within anybody's Fox price Fox Body point. came with a 2.3 turbo. And that is cool. 
I think though, like price point wise, if we're just looking at it, I think Ford does have probably the most chassis that can be drifted for an affordable price. But I you're also I biased because you look for what would you, but what, I would still you think, disagree? I still think old Camaros have a potential to come back. Uh, the catfishes you can get super cheap with a manual and a V6, and then the generation before that, the fourth gen, the IROC generation. Yeah. There's tons of those oh, that you can cheap. find. Yep, I I think Their those have just, potential. And if so. we're going off of pure production numbers, yes, Ford is going to take the cake on that. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, would you? But, I would think you Mustangs like still have a ways point. to go. Like at a price point, you can buy. You know, I would say Mustangs now, for a grand. I would say in our still. current market, you could find a mullet Camaro. And a, a new edge Mustang for the same price and pretty much same availability. You know which one is the way better chassis though currently for drifting? Currently, yeah. No, we're talking about future. I know, but I'm. You're I'm right. saying after the Mustang gets its heyday, because I think it's still the older Mustangs still have lots of potential and they're yeah. still gaining popularity. But after that dies out, what's next? And that's why that's what I think the Camaros are going to start stepping in. I'm not sure. By that point, they might be too old. Who knows? But, but we'll see. They're they're just still a funky chassis too. I think that's just because they haven't been supported. No, like, they are, like but the they are a funky Mustangs chassis. are yeah, growing heavily. No, because they have like a partial frame in them. They are Dude, which ones? The the third gens. They okay. Have, they have a they have a partial Mustang frame, or like Camaro. The front half has the Camaros. They have like that a front half like a, frame. That sounds like a subframe. No, they they don't call it a subframe. It's literally like half of a frame attached to the body. Extra rigidity. It's weird. Yeah. But the fourth gens, I wonder about. I do wonder about fourth gens. Yeah. Um, Actually, I feel like half subframe would be helpful because then it it's, makes it's it super easy. Though. Or not half, a half okay. frame, I mean. Yeah. Whatever it is, I feel like that would be helpful because then you can unbolt it and modify <clears throat> it and throw it back in and you True. have like a frame to go off of instead of modifying a unibody. But yeah. who knows? So then what, what would you guys say the viability is of making a kit car? What, Out I mean, of the hard part is that the amount of skills and like – tools and well, stuff needed too. but also i'm seeing and I, this is it, it's not huge numbers but i have been seeing more and more on like ksl and places like that old guys getting rid of like their old dirt race chassis just like their tube chassis they made for dirt racing slapped a stock car body looking thing on it and, you and can, of course you and know, they're going for pretty darn darn cheap they usually have a chevy 350 small block in it yeah. i mean they're and they're going for a couple grand now thousand hmm. dollars to 2500 like they're just Maybe. trying to get I, rid of again, them. I never looked into that that I, that seems like something because that's what Aaron that's what Aaron Losey in Texas Drift uh-huh. uh Lone Star Drift yeah that's what he just did he bought one of those chassis yeah. and is turning it into a drift car I'll have to look into those. And what sort of transmissions do they usually use uh I, are they there's such engine? a wide variety for them it was basically are they usually front end yeah, yeah they're, they're, they're front it's the same basic VA setup manual, as your standard usually yeah and you front engine, manual. But the hard part is a lot of those are built using and wood. tubular, so that's yeah. that's pretty. So handy here's too. here's the difficulties with those. I think is most of those tube chassis were built by whoever built them. So a lot of times, from what I've seen of them, is the build quality. It could be built out of fence pipe, for all you know. You know, the welding could be inconsistent. It could be built out of whatever. The engine and transmission, at least from my experience, I know there's a lot of people with really nice power plants, but a lot of the old cheaper ones you're talking about were probably built with whatever they could have. You know, like it might have like an Oldsmobile engine in it or something that's just not very And that's better than a minivan engine? <laughs> <laughs> you got him. I'm just all, but I am saying those Oldsmobile V8s or stuff like that, you can build, you can build all of them. Bro, some we of them saw are, a Datsun wagon on Facebook on the way here that has some Oldsmobile four-cylinder four swapped into it. <laughs> yeah. No weird, way. Weird stuff, but weird, it's just huh? like... Like, what a then, choice, huh? Again, with yeah. that, that chassis, the other thing is just like the people who can modify them to use for drifting are a limited, you know, group, you know? And so you're right. Why do you I, say that? I wouldn't because say that. Well, because I, he doesn't trust the do... skill sets of anybody else other than either himself or a reputable person. Right, well, the thing right. is, like, uh, it also, you know, those chassis aren't set up for, for like, you know, of our type of drifting. Well, and so if you have stock to make mod- chassis aren't either. You're right, but you can find bolt-in off-the-shelf parts for a lot of chassis where, you know, if you have to fabricate stuff. Well, well what's but the that, But that, that defeats the entire, the entire, your entire argument. If you want to go and get off-the-shelf off stuff yeah. and you have a tube but chassis – Cut the b- brackets off. Most people put them can't in do where that. You can't weld. Most people can't. Okay, but that brings it all right back to grassroots. Yeah. Where are they going to learn if they yeah. don't do it You're themselves? Right. You right. know what I'm saying? But Wait, I do think. Do they have angle kits for your Mustang? Yeah, off the shelf. You, tons of them. So literally, Cheap what, ones? what I'm yeah. thinking is, if you have, 
even if they personally do not have a welder in their garage, yeah. pay somebody. But Put then, some tabs on that are in the bracket spaces of where those stock parts still, need to but line up. You still have to have knuckles, steering, use? control arms. You have to have go shocks. Buy it. If you're pulling it off a Mustang and you can get a Mustang kit, go pull it out of a junkyard. Mustangs are everywhere in the junkyard. Cheaper so uh, what suspension setups do they usually use in those? What do you mean? When someone builds a, a kit car like that for off-roading or whatever you're saying they were for, what suspension are they using? It's usually a what I've suspension seen, are they using? Are they I, using I, as far an as OEM like, suspension modified to no, fit the chassis? Or? I'm not sure. It's usually double wish. I, I haven't dug that far into hubs? it. They've got. They have to be hubs. using some sort of stock right, setup. Right. That's off what I'm saying, though, because like no, because you can buy universal racing hubs. Yeah, I don't know. See, to me, so it depends just, on which one you buy. If you keep an eye out, I feel like that could be a good option. I I don't know. I feel like it's something that's especially for so somebody much, who can fabricate. It seems like a great option. You know, but there's so many people who have projects who you know. I know a lot of people who have drift car, their projects that have sat for five years because they take and they and I know yeah, other but people who have big projects that they right. finish all the you're time. You're right. You're right. But I do feel in terms of like you know being a conventional. I know you're. I know you're trying to talk about things that are non-conventional because things are changing. But I don't feel like that's a very uh, great chassis for it. personally just because i think the amount of work that's required because a lot of times you know i don't know if the gearing is going to be right what axle they put in it they might have slapped in something from you know caleb's it, a hater i but that, i mean you're what i, I see wouldn't your point. call him a hater i would call him a plug and player oh i i wasn't actually, I, I don't wasn't just, <laughs> I, was just <laughs> I, I know i know have i know you but, see my builds that are not plug and play <laughs> i i build more things that no, are not plug but and the play argument you're trying to make is plug and play yes, yes. the argument i'm trying to because make because lots of people don't have the skills that require you're right grass motor you're right that grassroots you know that a lot of people that's where it comes from but vast majority if we look at vast majority do of. not do drifters. Uh -huh. You know, vast majority of people who build cars, vast majority of people who want to get into drifting are not people who have the ability to take this tube chassis and turn it into what they and, want. And turn it into You're what they absolutely need. right. Yeah. And so I But think to Daxton's care. point it could be usable. Maybe we're not talking about that broad Yeah. But that's Daxton, and do you that's, think we'll see more. But of that's those? kind of where we were what we were talking about was the availability and ease of people, you know, to find well, I'm just I talking think he was about just saying stuff that we may be seeing. Well, that's why we were yeah. talking about the Ford chassis, I think, but and yeah, uh, maybe I misunderstood reason, yeah. the But that's the do you so, think you'll see some of, do you think we'll see more of those? I think it's a very good possibility because if we're ta because we're talking about things that aren't the norm right now yeah. and we're venturing into that like hey, th let's get a little more buck wild let's here. Let's try this, yeah. Because Back in the day, a 240 was a wild drift car. Mm -hmm. Like that. Well, back in the day, before they started drifting them and started doing angle. were buying them off the lots and drifting them. <laughs> okay, let's not go back to Japan. We're in America. <laughs> no, but like, think about it. Like the first time ever somebody ever like cut their knuckles, yeah. that was a crazy modification. Right. Like, whoa, you're so cutting your steering somewhere. Yes. But there's no uniformity between the chassis you're talking about. No, and there's not. So that's probably and that's I the think other that's restricting factor to it being developed into a supported chassis is it's not one chassis you, it's like, so one part would fit one but yeah because like another. you and me could both go out and we could buy two of those from the same exact guy but built you know and they different could time be periods. different ones yeah. and they they both could be absolutely different in every single fashion yeah. and so that's the other difficult part is like i okay i need to track down this replacement part it's using an axle out of a 78 el dorado you know or but, something and it's it's just but you're, I mean, with your Mustang, yes, you're converting your entire front accessories to a Ford Windstar, to a Freestar, which or, is there's yeah. it's the same a one. Ford minivan. <laughs> but, but yeah, sorry, but go ahead. with that, why like, why wouldn't you be able to do that with something else if you get one of those chassis that has a tubular frame, and you start looking over it and you're like. Well, this looks like it wasn't done the best. I'm yeah. just going to switch it over because you're still, in essence, building yeah. the car. Not, and it's not for everybody, yeah. but yeah. as you start to lose these really heavily supported chassis, yeah. what kind of ventures so, are we going to start like, seeing? The nice part, you know, in that comparison is that that stuff is practically bolt-on for my situation. So it's not like we're doing an extensive. We did do some modifications, um, but I do get what you're saying. Is like I can look at this. It's like, okay, this could be better. I can improve this. And so you're right. Anyone who can build a race car can build that. Yeah. You know, and I'm not I'm not denying that point at all. I, I don't think it's the most conventional way, but if no, it's not, and that's not my point. Yeah, but if you're wanting to go to a fully you know different setup that doesn't have a VIN, 
you know, that does not have that to... Will, that will skirt all the yeah, refor- EPA stuff. reform yeah. to any sort of regulations, then you're right. You can totally build yeah. whatever you want. The difficulty then... There is going to be a higher need for fabrication skills. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. And so with that, you know, it just... And I don't know if you ever wanted to go to a higher level is how that would fit into different classes. And they'd probably just have to take into, you know, consideration what you've done to it. But it's cool because you're like, okay, well... You, here's one of the cool parts I think about that idea is you can take that tube chassis and you're like, okay, well, I want to use an angle kit for a 350Z. Yeah. So you weld on an angle kit for a 350Z. I want to use my Ford Mustang V6, so I'm going to stick in my Mustang V6. I want to use... No one an, wants to do that. An <laughs> eight, <laughs> I do. Just kidding. I want to use an IRS out of a Lincoln Mark 8. You know, I, I can weld that in. Yeah. And so you're right. There is a, some well, really that's, cool stuff and about that's what I customizability. Was, that's what I was looking at. It's more of a, a Lego yeah. kit. Right. Like you, that, it's a build your own. It, it is that. Well, like the um, the go the go kart whatever he was calling it that Kenyon sold. I don't yeah. know if he still has it. The you saw Miata that. Right? Yeah. yeah, the Miata cart. That like to me that seems like a great a great option for someone who has fabrication skills, has lots of plans for a drift car, plans to make lots of modifications. So, I do think frame like tubular here, frame stuff is a great option for someone who wants to modify something, has fabrication skills, who wants it to go all out. Here's here's a question. Because you have so much less factory stuff to try to work around, like you can just go straight aftermarket so, or universal or whatever. Yeah. So two things. First part is if you end up doing like what I was saying, you mix and match all these parts, I almost feel like it's easier just to start from scratch than trying to modify stuff. Because modifying already fabricated stuff is kind of annoying sometimes to change it. But anyways, uh the main thing that I was thinking is like so, for instance, uh, our buddy Kenyon built a Miata cart, right? So he, he stripped it all down and welded a cage to it. At that point, there's no more of the factory VINs, I think, left on it. Yeah, there is. Is it? But say you, you build it in such a way. there's no you more do get rid of it. Is it then at that point a kit car? Because then you're keeping factory mounting who, points. Who, who factory. can say it wasn't? I, I, I was going to exactly. say it's it's the, uh, it's up to the interpretation of whoever's questioning it. Because at that yeah. point, it's like, okay, I'm well, going to go buy... Assuming they uh, even know you started it out with Miata. Yeah, exactly. like, no. It's like, I'm going to go buy a BMW a 5 Series, you know, because they're cheap, cut everything off, weld a cage to it, and then is it a kit car? Of course, we're now getting down to the legality of that, but you might be able to pass something like that off as a kit yeah. car. Yeah, and, and I think that you could, but then... Wh- but the hard part is, and I guess this is what really throws me for a loop, they want the motor to have never come in a VIN registered vehicle. So where do you get engine. where do you get something like that? You you have to buy one. You have to like buy something. a new crate engine that's yeah. never been installed in a vehicle. But, but it's got hard, a VIN number on it. It hard, comes with a VIN. The engine's got a VIN. So yeah, but you, it's not attached it's not associated with But that's with the that's vehicle. what they're saying is if you that engine came with a VIN number on it meant for road legal use then you cannot use it in a race car. That's so, their stipulation on it. So what you might so you have, have to, to get do, crate motors. You'd have to get like a racing engine, or like you a, buy an engine that's pre-emissions, or you build an engine. <laughs> yeah, we're gonna go get if, a lady. If you, if you no, Caleb's upset lady, about building a tube hand. chassis, we're not gonna oh, build an engine. Like if you if you were to buy a pre-emissions <laughs> engine. You know, or even one that, like, if you bought, like, They didn't come seven, with VINs on them before? They still, a lot they of them still, didn't. But here's the deal. If you buy a 70s engine, if, even if it does have the VIN on it. You just shave it off. There's, there's, <laughs> there's <laughs> That's not There illegal. was no emissions equipment. So not how they didn't so know you did it. It's like, how do you, com- you know, I, it's like, it's already complied. There was no emissions, com- you know, equipment from the factory. I'm complying to the EPA standards per this engine's, you know, standards. And so I'm already at, you know, it's like that's not. But, and the, I, but the VIN number. But I, I think that the big part of this is, is we we don't know the legality of and it, the, the and we're just kind of taking shots. I mean, it's, it's, not even a, it's not even a law yet. Like it's a yeah. You know, law, and of yeah. course, it depends on what the EPA and other stipulations regulate. But there's a lot of cars where leaving and maintaining all of the emissions components is not a problem. Like you can go out there and you can drift with EGR, you can drift with cats, you can you know. You can maintain all of that stuff on a lot of chassis, and that's not yeah. a big deal. If you're going full custom, then yes, it makes it difficult. But if you have a chassis right off the shelf that's capable and has the power you need, you do not need to get rid of those components. S550. Yeah, yeah an S550. You know? well, I feel like, in uh, and with with the point of 20 years in the future, I feel like an S550 could definitely meet that price point. Yeah. I feel yeah. like that oh, no, definitely I, I would. would. And the, the EcoBoost would be gonna a great option. They're going to beat all hell by the time we get them. Oh, by far. <laughs> but How many crowds will they have gone through? That's the what we'll judge <laughs> off of. Well, there's still blood on this one. <laughs> <laughs> so, I don't know. So, there's also that consideration is maybe you don't even need to worry about that. Because if you can buy a car, you know, that has the power that you need, you, you can make simple, you know, you can do simple stuff still without 
modifying the emissions control systems. It's like you can still have the performance that you need. You can still maintain reliability. You can still, you know, maintain your emissions by just leaving the engine as it is. And you can still make modifications to your chassis, to your gearing, to... The whole reason I kind of bring something up like the tube chassis and the craziness of it is because I'm just kind of watching the trends of where the laws are moving Mm -hmm. with fully electric cars by certain year. And the UK just released a new law in 2024. All brand new vehicles being sold in the UK will have to have a speed limit uh, monitor in them. So it will monitor the location. They don't have them already? I feel like most new vehicles have them already. No, no, no. Like it it will physically limit your speed a you governor. cannot speed yeah, yeah most vehicles have which governors. is but it, it not, actually i don't hold, know any, hold not, hold oh, it limits it per speed limit you're in so it physically like oh, the truck location based yes speed it's location based speed so if, if the highway is 70 you can't go over 70 if the street is 25 you can't go over 25 that's, that's what they're stupid. talking about i think i think they're doing that by 2024 stupid. hey but i'm hold, okay with the consequences of breaking the law Give me the consequences so I can break the law. But hold on. <laughs> this was this had nothing to do with my point. I'm just saying yeah. I'm watching the trends of things starting to go that yeah. way. Higher restrictions, and if, yeah. control. And so if we have all these regulations <clears throat> and restrictions, 20 years in the future, because that's two years in the future yeah. for the UK. A hand-built vehicle can skirt all of that. A lot exactly. Of and so that's kind of where... It, well, see, and that brings up another point is like, what if you just buy a vehicle that's, you know, and people start modifying these boats or whatever to drift. These boat cars that are pre all this stuff. They're big V8s. They're rear-wheel drive. They have beefy rear axles. No OBD, nothing. Nothing. And so then they technically, you know, they can't update them to do that because they don't have any of the electronics. And so they might be able to regulate them and say, hey, you can only drive it X amount, you know, the year. But big deal if you only use it as a drift car. But I feel like that might be an option that's considered because there's still hundreds of thousands of those cars Four everywhere. doors, more horse. <laughs> Horsies. Mm-hmm. More horsies. You can fit lots of horsies. Llama thrust. Llama thrust. So <laughs> that might be another Four thing. Four doors, like, more llama thrusts. <laughs> <laughs> like you might fit, you know, see more of that sort of stuff where it's like, okay, well, if I can't take my 20, 20, you know, whatever and drift it. BRZ. Modify, yeah, yeah. Then, okay, I'm going to go and buy this 1980s Thunderbird, 1970s Thunderbird, which is similar to a Fox platform or something. Buy an F100. And I'm Try just talking in my, my, my experience. You know, you could buy whatever F100. brand. Yeah, and see pickups. You could see... Um, but that's you know, the thing is, if we're talking about availability and yeah. price, yeah, that stuff's going to be out of our range here soon. I, uh, I disagree. Old, an old Thunderbird? It doesn't have to be a Thunderbird. Do you don't know how many rear-wheel drive V8 Cars and it was the majority were? of them back in the day, no, but like as as those car. start to get dwindled down, we're gonna we're gonna run into the same right, problem. Right. I still think they're gonna be cheap for another long while because you can still buy. But which cars ones? Any, any. I'm not talking. See, any I particular think one. I think timeline really matters too. Um, kind of back to your electric car thing. If we in the near future have any sort of major battery tech breakthrough, we will have a very different. Um, that's the, the main vehicle does, yeah. is the battery technology. Well, yeah, because the the battery uh, the pow- energy density of, of batteries is just no. It's it's like I think it's ten to a hundred, so either a ten or a hundred times um, less than the energy density of gasoline. And so I think if we have any sort of major breakthrough in battery technology, we could see the rapid decline of gasoline vehicles, uh, uh, gasoline operated vehicles, very quick. Yeah. And so if say say in 10 years from now we have a major battery breakthrough to where it's the same or or, or even better. close not even as good yeah. then you you'll see a rapid I think you'll definitely see a the, rapid I change. I mean the other thing and too so is then not only do you have um less um uh regulations and controls on gasoline vehicles cuz they're just not being made anymore um then you also start to see um, electric vehicles entering the entering the drift scene, and those, I mean, you don't need emissions controls. Like so modify it, sure, it's just going to be faster. So the so hard part again is like um, also just the fact that uh, our electrical grid is estimated like it can't handle all the electrical no. cars either. And that's what people, a lot of people don't realize. Yeah, you're wrong, Dax. <clears throat> and where the you're power wrong, go Jordan. talk to Texas. I, I know you were when an it gets too hot or too cold out be there. Fine. <laughs> so it's just you know that's that's a that's a problem that I'm gonna they're start, working on as well. It's not just Texas, Orem even. Yeah. yeah, they'll get 
Rocky Mountain Power and Orem gets blackouts throughout the night because of the electric vehicle increase. Yeah, exactly. And so that's the thing is like how gonna, our electrical grids can't even handle that. So I'm not even sure how. I'm going to do my part for the community and go around and start unplugging people's EVs to really protect the power <laughs> system. Let's see, but th- that's the thing, though, is if if <laughs> as um, electric vehicle. Um, uh, that's going to take us down a increase. whole nother rabbit hole of infrastructure and yeah, how and long we, it's going well, to take to upgrade just all that. Billions and trillions of dollars we would need to upgrade our, our infrastructure to support everyone like having an EV. That. <laughs> see, but that's that's insane. I think the more money. it gets used, though. Then you'll start to have the power from uh, oil industries transition to something else, to where pouring that much money into infrastructure Nuclear. will be the same no, as the, the money that's poured into oil industry stuff. Like that money is somewhere, and so if it transitions, then it's gonna, it's the money will too. So I think, I think even if you have um, a more increase, uh, uh, an increase in electrical electric vehicles being used. You will see upgrades in in the electrical systems. Like we're not just going to keep having power outages. It'll be interesting. But the problem, the problem with that is that, not to get on another tangent, but you have to talk about electrical generation just from the very scratch. Because what people don't realize is that I would probably say seventy five to eighty five percent of Utah's power is coal based generated. But see, but there there's not a problem with that relative to gasoline stuff because. When you have um, internal combustion engines, they they're only like thirty five percent efficient. The other sixty five percent of the energy coming from gasoline being burnt in an engine is all going through heat, getting expelled into the atmosphere through your radiator and cooling but system. But does the and decrease of gasoline well, powered engines offset the increase of emissions of the Power plants well, let me go a little further because the the power plants are so much more efficient at extracting the energy in there. Sure, you have you still have emissions, but because you're getting so much more energy from it, you're effectively reducing emissions. You don't need to um, emit as much because you don't need to use as much fuel. To but that's also bringing into the fact about the production of batteries too and other stuff. Right. We don't have power <clears throat> electricity generation is way more efficient in big energy. Um, producing stations than in your car what about getting transporting the coal from the mine to the power plant because those are all diesel ran trains currently i also wonder uh, like i don't see the feasibility of having a battery operated train see but if our battery tech does evolve like i said all this this is all based on battery battery tech evolving so then yeah the other thing that is i know like lithium mines and other stuff are like also terrible from what i've understood and maybe i'm totally wrong i'm not trying to make it this is why we need to try battery tech try and put a tesla out on fire they don't. You, they don't. you literally can't. Yeah. So there's. You just have so to let it burn. You know, if we're, you know, one of the another reason that, battery tech needs to be evolved. Yeah, yeah. That you brought up earlier was electric swaps, and I have a couple points. I just want to hit on that real quick. Don't hit them. Um, don't yeah, hit me. I'm. I'm going to hit. I'm going to hit on you. Oh. He's going to drive oh, that point. Hey, on. All right. So lay it on me, big daddy. The, <laughs> the, the scary part. So just based off of what See, we just puppy? said, is if you have batteries <laughs> in a drift car and you hit something, like boom. You, you know, you 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 something breaks, you run into a concrete barrier sideways, you smash your battery pack. Uh-huh. That's car screwed. You know, you're also I leaking mean, all that chemical. Battery packs are replaceable. If, but, yes, but I'm but saying the, if you the, contact and then it hard enough, fire. they usually they a lot of time yeah. will catch fire. Oh yeah. And so then I thought you were just that car the is car going to burn to the, the ground, damaged. and you've just lost you know your forty thousand dollar build. Mm-hmm. And not so, only that, but now you've put everybody around that exactly, vehicle in danger. Exactly. Another risk, reason it can explode, it can pop. So that's one thing that. You know, based from maybe that's why there's not any drifting because of the danger of wrecking, you know, is high because you're literally throwing the car at a wall. And so that's one thing I wanted to think about. But, the, you know, another point, like a positive point, is that electric swap vehicles have no regulations. And so, the, like, looking at it from a, a standpoint of where I've looked at it for, for business, that's for because customers, there's no emissions. Exactly. And so I've looked at it, you know, from a business standpoint of swapping them for customers. Is once you do that, you file with the state that it's electric swapped. Basically, I think you might have to prove it, and then that's it. And so that is one benefit of doing, say, an electric swap. And you, Bro, know, you know how much it costs to get uh, an emission test done on your Tesla, dude. It's so expensive. <laughs> <laughs> 
He looked at me like I was serious. For I know a for a second I thought you were, and then I was like, oh no, I'm, he's, I'm not he's... even gonna deal with him right now. <laughs> I'm not in the mood for it. Good change your blinker fluid. There's the thing. I thought is, it was a funny joke, pipe exp- and he didn't want to pipe know, expander. To listen to it. So the um, sorry, pipe stretcher. With the electric <laughs> motors, like you could do. You, you can now get Tesla electric motors for decent prices. And even if you just get like a base Model 3, they still make like 300 horsepower, um, I believe, out of the more basic engines. And so. Which is more than a factory V6. Or motor, not engine, excuse me. But the motor is. You could <coughs> but is that each individual motor? Because there's four motors in that. So it depends on what model. Because they, they just call it a power output. So to all the driven wheels, however many. They have a rear wheel drive and an all wheel drive Model 3. And the rear wheel drive one, I believe, just has a singular motor mo- singular motor that powers. With a drivetrain. With a drivetrain. And so well, you can have get that and you can remove the singular motor. And you can actually adapt them to your regular manual transmission. You could run it direct mm. with a drive shaft if you want. Yeah. You know, like there's a whole bunch of options for that. And. For drifting, theoretically, you only need a small battery pack. You know, it, your charge depends on your and a charging station at the track. No, and it, that's what I'm saying is it like depends 70 on seventy of them. There like is a generator charging stations at our racetrack. There are Tesla's charging stations. Like Where? a diesel generator out by the front, by the entrance. Um, there's and so like the thing is like technically, if you can take you know five minutes to recharge in between mm-hmm. each one or whatever, and you could run a smaller size pack, so you have a reduced risk of hitting it. Um, so you could run a smaller pack that you recharge after each couple of runs. It's annoying, I'm sure, but it's at least something that is more feasible. Oh, and you put have the no batteries re- up on the roof so they're safe. Great <laughs> idea. So, because you could essentially mount them. If I would only do it if you had a cage car, I think, and if you could mount them center mass, you know, away from anything. Well, I think that from a performance point, that would be the smartest thing to do, anyways. Get but, them low and yeah. center. Yeah. If I was drifting with an electric or stuff, I would only drift up on the roof with a racing suit though that's the only way i would do it, an electric car like that i feel like because really? if you ever had, if you ever had anything go wrong and that battery ignites and if you're in there and you get out just like a fuel system igniting it's but a fuel if the gas fuel system you can put out the battery if gas well no i'm saying either way you're not putting but it out, it, your battery pack is probably going to be in your cabin though yeah and i'm the thing is like i think electrical fires the temperature the Wait, why is it in your cabin? That's where the N74 battery pack is. It's in between the driver and the passenger. That's where most of it Right beneath the subframe. And there's nothing between you and the battery pack? There is. There's a little piece of metal about you. It'll melt through that metal. No. Oh, it'll. That battery pack, if it lights, it will go through the metal. The smoke is also awful, for one thing. Mm -hmm. You know, they can explode. They can pop. The temperatures are just a lot more volatile Mm -hmm. right off the bat than I think most gas fires. But you're right. You could set rules where you have to have a firewall of X amount of metal between you and the battery pack. Yeah. It's still something that, it, you know. I thought that was already the, the case. Others, you know, there's just also, there's thousands of amps, too, flowing mm-hmm. through that. So if you have something that contacts and it's just the Volts. amount of. Well, it's amps. No, amp. your voltage stays the same. The amps amp is what does the work. Rise. Right? Because I'm You're not, an electrician, bud. You ought to know. I am not the most electrical the savvy person, <laughs> but I know it's the amperage that does all of the work in, in the motors, right? It's the amps. Yeah. And that's what will kill you too. And so that's the other part is like you can you can kill yourself with a Tesla battery pack, you know, by touching the wrong terminals it together. It takes less than one amp. Mm-hmm. So that's the thing is there's just, you know, and of course you can, it's you can do all It's 80 milliamps to stop your I have survived yeah. you can a set lot your more car than on one amp. You can Does it cross your heart? Throw a rod I don't know. And blow you can have a flywheel that shoots it. out, you know, like yeah. a saw blade. And Give me a socket. Other dangerous. <laughs> there's four I don't know what you. these two are talking about. I don't know, but they're interrupting. I'm kidding. We were talking about the safety versus gas. Yeah, and, and so I'm we talking about how much power my heart can take right now. I've survived more than one amp. He's over here telling me that one amp will kill a person, it's which I do believe. But one amp? It's 80 milliamps to stop your heart. I think it might be. Of course, be, it might know, even be less than that. Doesn't but. happen all. But like an an ECU outputs like five amps per injector. So don't that, lick it. You won't get killed from an Kay, injector but, output. Okay, but that's gotta cross your heart, like directly cross oh, your heart. Oh, okay. It depends. I on was like, "What? There's no way." I got you. It I depends you. on where, where, yeah, where it comes in from, and if you're grounded and all sorts of other scenarios, I'm sure. But like, but then we're taken into the same. We're, I mean, there are people who die every year from a regular F1 crash or a NASCAR crash because no, of no, fuel. they always live. Just kidding. <laughs> I'm with you, Dax. I'm with Cause, you. Because I mean, I I see your point because it is a lot scarier. Like a battery fire compared to a gas fire. A battery fire burns at what sixteen hundred degrees versus a fuel fire, which is a couple hundred. Hmm. 
I mean, it, at least from my understanding. I, I might be way I off on I that. I think you're a little off on your numbers, but I get what you're saying. But it's enough to melt metal, where a gas fire typically does not. Like, right. yeah, if you have, like, a thin sheet, right. sure, it'll melt usually it a little bit. Usually you see burnt-down vehicles, and they still have their— All the metal's still there. Yeah. yeah. Where on an electric car, just that's not off. happening. Yeah. Hmm. It's it's roasted. And also, if you crack one of those— <laughs> If you crack one of those battery cells, you get hit with gas on your arm— it's it yeah. If you get hit with enough gas, it might leave a little bit of like a, a sore irritation. Yeah. But the yeah, chemicals chemical in those batteries, you're, yeah. yeah, you're losing an arm. Possibly. And I'm, it's it's also like they're so toxic too for you. Yeah. So if you breathe any of that stuff in, they can really mess you up. Yeah. You can get blistering inside of your lungs, which you can do with any fire. Yeah. Or anything, but I think that the possibility and the chance it's much of an higher fire is higher. Yeah. Huh. And so I just think some of the risks of of you know, there's risks in every motorsport. There's still right. risks with the gas engine. Well, and I suspect there's there are um, certain things on Teslas that they do for that. Like, obviously, they're road legal. They've gone through some sort of rigorous testing to be there. So, <laughs> you, what? Sorry to interrupt, but there's there was a, a Reddit thread going on for a while about if you could take Teslas through car washes because <laughs> they can't get wet because they're an electric car. <laughs> This this was a legit thread that was going on for a while, surprised. and people all over. Yeah, you, you can't, can't even drive them in the rain. Yeah, <laughs> and that's one thing that was never mentioned to like the very end of this thread, where somebody's like, "How do you drive it to work when it rains?" Like, oh. And that's kind of where the thread like Stops. just stopped. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, and they do have a lot of safety stuff. Like I, I mean, kind of I do think so. it's good that people have at least enough wherewithal to think about stuff like that. But mm, is that wherewithal to think about it? Well, or to be just... concerned that their electric car could get shorted out. I mean, a lot of times people are like careful with your electronics; they can short out. Yeah. And so, like, I, you're I not mean, driving a cell phone. I think phone, it's though. at least enough thinking that some people like. I'm sure there's some people who wouldn't have thought about it, even if you weren't supposed to take it in a, a car wash. You know, but yeah. Fair yeah, enough. But anyways, I was saying that because I there's a certain amount of regulation, so I'm sure these battery packs have some sort of like protective bags in there to keep um, the fluids from getting out during collisions. They don't. Yeah, they do. If you yeah, like, you if, can... when you disassemble them, there's a um, a film that goes around the outside with a certain adhesive that holds them on top. Like there's there is a decent amount of packaging that goes into them. They're still not that well. Because you know, the only re- the only reason I would I would argue that is yeah. because there was a guy who on on YouTube he takes old Teslas out of junkyards yeah and realizes the Tesla's motors in junkyards yes from well, he, like buy, he buys them he doesn't I know exactly who you're talking about and there was quite a few rich rebuilds <laughs> he does do a lot of Tesla there stuff. there was quite a few times where he would get a wrecked Tesla yeah and there's acid leaking right out of the side of it I from the wreck yeah yikes. So, I mean, we're talking about just a regular collision on the street that wasn't anything crazy that didn't immobilize the vehicle, but was enough for them to say, we're yeah. done, we're not and fixing I mean, it. Right. Like we and it's leaking battery acid out the side of it. Yikes. So and that's it, why I would argue that point that they're not well packaged. Wait, and but what about batteries in cars? Normal cars? Gasoline-driven cars? They leak acid when you wreck. <laughs> but it's, it's you're talking about a... Ah, I can't it's also not lithium-ion. <laughs> but the thing is, like... You little devil's advocate. I know, know, he's being such an ass. So we should take them out after this. You know, we don't see, we don't see a lot of wrecks at the racetrack, but the few we have seen are usually pretty good. Like yeah. people like sending their car sideways into the end of a barrier, you know, or, or on top jumping of the a stri- uh, a hill in Los Angeles. Yeah, like that. Oh, hell, that, that Tesla, yeah. <laughs> but the like, I don't know, because we've seen a few wrecks where people crunch their car like totally. Yeah, and you know, if you. And it's just like like unsalvageably. Yeah, yeah. like they're totaled. Like yeah. the, you can't fix it. And so I mean, you could, but it's not worth not it. worth it. And so it's just we don't see a whole lot of wrecks. But I guess that's the only thing that would just make me a little nervous. And I think that's just because it is newer technology. It's not as well supported, especially in the aftermarket world. Like yeah. there's not a lot of information still on yeah. that. What are you talking so, about? Chevy Volts have always had a angle kit for them. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so it's just. I wouldn't be surprised as Model 3s get cheaper if we do see those, though. I'm going to buy a Chevy Volt, swap in a V8, and uh, S chassis uh, <laughs> subframes and use it as a drift car. I don't know if that's been done. Did you see that? Was that a, wasn't it a Mira I sent you? Yeah. That had uh, the S chassis subframes and an SR? And it was a drift car. There was also cool. somebody, one of Sean's buddies back in California. Yeah. He, two Jay-Z, swapped a Prius. Nice. And I love it. I can't remember what subframes he put in, but he changed the whole thing. I honestly love the I've look s- of lowered exterior like appearance yeah, modified we've been over Priuses. This. We've been over this. We don't need to hear it. Again. You don't like them? 
No. Do you, Caleb? It's the symbolism lowered, behind the Prius. I sent you one the other day yeah. that I liked. Uh, they, as good as they you, might would look. You, like, it, do you like them? It just depends on which how they're done. As I, good I as they might look, I will never agree with it because it's the symbolism behind it. The Prius started the freaking evolution. And why is that a bad Did thing? Did it, though? What's wrong with the what's wrong with the revolution? I, I feel like I feel like in the mainstream. Progre- what's wrong the with the revolution? Progression is a good hybrid thing. thing. Don't yell at me! Don't clip out my microphone. Oh, is that clipping it out? Yeah. Progression, oh. you know, it drives innovation. <laughs> no, but, wait, but what's wrong with that? What's wrong with the Prius starting that? Because now we're losing that? all of our gas cars. Why is that bad? You're think... the one who's interested in electric swaps. I still like them. <laughs> See, I don't I, think we're I'm ever going to actually lose gasoline engines. I, I think there will I, always not in be our a lifetime. Place for it. You do think. realize the Honda CR CR Z? No, it's the CRZ. No, not the CRZ. The CRV. Element. The Honda. No, not the Element. Dang it, what's it called? The little uh, hybrid hatchbacks. CR- yeah, th- that's a CRZ. No, no, those are new ones, old ones. Like two thousands? No, like nineties. Well, a little bit of early 2000s, but late 90s. Yeah, that is the CRZ. No. You're, you're no. talking about the f- the funky-looking one with the wheel well covers, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, My Dom's buddy has one. one. Rob Dodd. Look it Insight. Up. Insight. Those were before the oh. Prius. But I feel like the Prius was like kind of the catalyst like to the mainstream, mainstream. The Prius, the, pri- the Prius <laughs> didn't come first. I'm it didn't, saying. but also that insight didn't in come head. first because actually back in the nineteen exactly. or in the eighteen hundreds they had so electric cars. The the start of the revolution <laughs> you you you're talking about was before then, so it's not the Prius's fault. I need some like rags. Hellcat swapped Prius. Have you seen that one? I'm gonna stuff a rag in his mouth. Have you seen that one? No. Can you I turn haven't. off his mic? Yeah, there's a Hellcat swapped <laughs> Prius that has um. What do they call those liveries that they used to put on um uh, fighter, fighter jets with yeah. the, the like the yeah. mouth? Oh, I know what you're talking. I know. What I know what you're talking about, about, but I can't remember. So what there's a called. Prius with one of those wraps on it. Just and it's a got fighter a Hel- jet. It's a Hellcat swap, rear okay. wheel drive, got like complete Hellcat everything, and they use it as a drag car, and it's it's pretty quick. But it's hmm. weird. It's weird hearing those sounds come out of a a Prius. Any sound come out of a Prius? Well, specifically those V8 sounds. Yeah. Yeah. I get where you're coming from. You're I want to. I want to buy a Prius and straight pipe it. With the Prius. Yeah. What? They basically just body swapped the Prius to a Hellcat. Yeah, pretty much. But See, it's it's crazy. It's it's all it's all custom. <clears throat> oh, I have I've seen that. I didn't know it was Hellcat. I don't. Swap, I haven't though. seen it. Yeah. A, I haven't seen it in a few. Yeah, years. I've watched I've watched a few like it. drag drag strip videos of it, and it's got massive slicks on the rear, and it just takes off. So <laughs> you know, I think the possibility for hybrids coming in is a good possibility. Is it though? Because like hybrids which aren't ones? very powerful. Drift cars. Yeah, which, which I don't cars? have a specific one. Oh, I I just can't see. Yeah, it but if you took the hybrid motor it. and just bored it out, out of a Prius, out of any hybrid. Well, I'm just saying, but like, what, I'm not saying just, just a little bit more horsepower. Hybrids I mean, still have an engine in it. But what rear wheel drive hybrid? I there are rear wheel drive hybrids. There yeah. are. There are. Yeah. Which one? They're usually in pickups and for like SUVs. Like Toyota has like hybrid. Um, you you might be able to use the drive train out of like a hybrid Sequoia. Huh. Because they have a V8 still, but they were also a hybrid powertrain. But isn't that the same as the new Tundras? Those aren't a V8 though. They're V6 and those ones, I believe. Yeah, but yeah, you're right. And so, but I'm not even saying just that you can swap out. So the I've never really heard of people swapping hybrid powertrain. So I'm curious if that develops. Why? Because then, why? Uh, yeah, why? Why do you think you'll use hybrids? Because like the only point in hybrids is to improve the fuel economy of the electric engine. And you're not going for fuel economy, and you can still the hybrids are well, being now, used in especially if you have especially now, if you have a V8 too. Like, but hybrids, what's the point of the electric motor if you have? All I'm the just saying hybrids are being used to add power nowadays. Though. Yes, and and like the new Toyota Tundra, they're using that as a supplementer. Does to it, all, it can power. do both? It can increase fuel economy, but it can also increase torque and power. And so there's benefits. So I'm probably even, only like a four-cylinder then. I'm not even saying that you swap it. I'm just saying that there's also the possibility of hybrid rear-wheel drive vehicles that might be usable. I too. think that that likelihood is higher than an all-electric car drifting. Mm. I'm just trying to... Uh, At least like, in my lifetime. I'm trying to like visualize it, and I'm having a hard time getting there. That's the reason I'm asking these questions. Because there's going to be somebody interested in it, like Dax. It's like, hey, why couldn't I do this? But can't afford a Tesla or some of these all-electric Rivians or whatever. Yeah. So they take a hybrid. Like that's the starting grounds to evolving from a gas drifter to an all-electric drifter. You have to start somewhere, right? Yeah. No, I get that. I j- like I said, I'm just trying to visualize see, it, and I can't. Was, I can't seem to like see it happening. There was a mind. company uh, for a while that was concepting an electric supercharger, as they called it, 
which was I thought was actually a really cool idea. But basically, what they a did leaf blower is they had <laughs> a um, electric motor that you'd attach to the to the engine or somewhere in the engine bay, and it used like a cog belt, like a big roots blower, and it would actually drive the crankshaft instead of the crankshaft powering the blower. The motor drove the crankshaft, and so then you're actually effectively getting a power adder. You know, that can also function technically if you have a big enough battery pack, you could function That's as an aftermarket one, right? It was an aftermarket that you could function as an electric vehicle. The range was usually not long, but it, that's why it's used typically more as a power adder. But where are you getting the added air from if you're not forcing it in? Oh, no, if you're no. just so straight. A, it's a motor mounted motor. to the crankshaft, and then that motor can take over for the gasoline. So you're not using your pistons, the motor's just spinning the crankshaft, and then you're using your normal. Um, drive shafts and um, transmission. I'm not saying no. Like they usually, they'd use on the one that I saw. It was just an electric motor with a um, with a like a cog. You know the old roots blowers, how they have like those really big like cog belts. Mm-hmm. They had like one of those pulleys attached to this electric motor that just had the belt attached to the crankshaft, where it also had one. And so that motor didn't draw air or force air into anything. It just used that motor to spin the crankshaft more, so it would add torque. So to that, the crankshaft. That sounds like what they're doing with the new Toyota Tundra hybrid, but that's in the transmission it's, bell it's, Yeah, it's, it's, it's like spinning it's adding, the transmission it's adding power to the drivetrain. <clears throat> it's not, you know, adding power to the engine. Or it's, replacing the drivetrain. It's, it's adding power to the engine. And so that's an interesting concept that I saw is because it's like, you know, it, it's hybrid power technically, but it's, it, it's increasing power in that regard where it's just driving the motor directly. Or if you wanted to add, you know, I had this idea where I talked to Jaden for a while about, you know, at, what if you added electric motors to like a truck's drive shaft, you know, or something like that. Where even if it doesn't like mounted to the T case or something, like just to spin to the, the motor. Yeah, well, I think shaft. that's what the new Toyota Tundra. And does. so it's not like it's you know a, a totally electric car, but even say if you get a twenty percent reduced, you know, load or something because that twenty percent is taken by this electric motor, you're going to see for one thing an increase in your fuel mileage. Not that we're is concerned about that with drifting, but also an increase, you know, it'll be able to make more power easily, essentially, because it, well, you're, you're it taking that 20%. You're taking that 20% loss through the drivetrain from the motor, yeah. which is your crank horsepower versus yeah, and so you brake assi- horsepower or wheel horsepower, and you're, t- you're taking that away. So the motor is effectively getting a 100% transmission so to the wheels. perhaps, you know, this could be almost like a solution to, okay, you can't modify your your engine, you can't add power, you can't do an exhaust, you can't, you know, take off any emissions components. What you might be able to do, because it doesn't technically, you know, change any of the stipulations <coughs> for that, is you can maybe add an electric motor. And so maybe that's a possibility. It's like, okay, then I can add this to my drivetrain, whether it's on the transmission side or the engine side or wherever, that you can then have a power adder, essentially like a turbo or a supercharger, and you're adding 100 horsepower, 200 foot-pounds of torque, whatever, and the cool part with that is the rampant and the tunability of it as well is because just like a turbo engine or something like that, is you can completely change the power band with an electric motor. It's like, okay, I want it to ramp in like a supercharger in a smooth, constant rate all the way to 6,000 RPM, or I want it to ramp up like a turbo and have it, you know, spike, you know, and start to like s- essentially spool. Linear versus or, ex- exponential. Yeah, linear versus exponential. Or you can turn it off, you know, or, okay, I have a big a track with a big end, you know, I need the power here. You could do it totally throttle percentage based too. And so there's just tons of different ways that you can take these electric motors and you can control them, which is kind of cool. Kayla, weren't you saying there's um, a decent amount of trains that use um, engines to drive electric, electric motors, motors on the hubs? Front runners. That's what front runners are. That's what, so our friend Braden, who we talked about in the last episode, he drives a front runner and he uses a diesel, massive diesel, the huge diesel engine. So uh, they use it to power to ge- the electric generator. generator to power the wheels because the electric can produce the torque, you know, more, more than a diesel can. And you have no drivetrain setup you're trying to do and no so drivetrain loss. So the, they have yeah. these massive diesel engines in them. <coughs> and he and it's interesting because there's ones that those front runners, actually some of them have smaller engines and some of them have, some of them have bigger engines. I don't know why. But some of them have different engines. And he's like, you know, you can tell with the bigger engine just because they generate power faster because they have more torque to drive the generator, you know, faster that they can produce more power too. So there's all sorts of – like that's another option like you were saying perhaps is you have a replaceable transmission unit, you know, that changes the transmission to generator. And then you have to do an electric motor, of course, for your wheels. But 
I've always, wonder, I've always wondered why OEM applications for hybrids don't do that. I think it's just because that the generator can't generate enough, I feel like. It might also be a cost thing. Maybe. Because I think, you know, I don't know. It's hard to say. This is stuff that's above our pay grade. But I mean, it's all I, – I, I see your point, though, as of earlier with – how far things could go in the next 10 years with right. battery technology. Right. That's that because really honestly, for all we know, yeah. for all we know, we're limited to the battery tech we have for the next 50 years. Yeah. Or there tomorrow there'll be a huge breakthrough. There hasn't yeah. been like, yeah. who knows? Well, when was the last time there was a mass battery technology breakthrough? Um, I think when it's lithium ion, yeah, lithium ion was, has only been in the past really? like 15 years. <laughs> yeah. But lithium ion, the NCAD, and then like, more recently gel batteries. So they're uh-huh. completely sealed. Yeah. Um, which they sell automotive gel batteries too. Yeah, so, now, but they yeah. didn't five years ago. Yeah, exactly. So there's just. Yeah, I think they did, but maybe did not they? ten years ago. Yeah. yeah. Oh, I think yeah. it was a little longer. I think I'm. Yeah. You're older than you think. I'm older than I think. <laughs> <laughs> I'm older than I've so ever been. So this has been, you know, a pretty interesting episode to kind of discuss. This, this is all stuff, you know. Um, hopefully, you know, it's it's nothing that's done in, in all seriousness, but it's stuff we're kind of speculating about that w- we're just curious to kind of see how it goes. But again, you know, as we're wrapping this up, you know, check out our socials. Dax, you got those? Clueless underscore drifting. That's our Instagram. Check it out. If you have any ideas, if you want to make comment, tell us we're stupid, something like that, you can send it to there. Daxton will be the one responding. So, you know, that's your own problem. Most likely. (laughs) (laughs) But send us ideas. If you have a disagreement, if you want us to bring up another point, you know, if you like the show, please, you know, give us a, you know, review, give us a thumbs up, something like that. Everything helps, you know, share with your friends. But, we're gonna make Jaden wrap up. You guys, you guys got annoyed with me halfway through this. Thing. <laughs> I wasn't annoyed with you. I was not. Sure. I'm not annoyed with you, actually. <laughs> hey, whoa! <laughs> I didn't. Say I gotta bleep that one. I didn't say anything. I heard it. That's what <laughs> I did. just take his mic out for that bit. <laughs> yeah, I, I didn't yeah. say it. I swear. Thanks for listening in this time, guys. We'll see you next time. Bye. Love you. Ciao.